king over Aram. The New Testament lesson is from Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were in prison and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be reckoned as righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian, for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Therefore, no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. As we, come, <clears throat> as we come to a time of children's message this morning, I found myself thinking about some of the men in the church when I was a little girl. So when I was a little girl, there was someone whose job it was to design software. This was before there were computers. Do any of the kids remember a time before there were computers? Do you remember a time before there were computers? Some of the adults remember a time before there were computers, right? You guys don't remember this, right? A little bit, maybe? So there was someone whose job it was to design the, the computer stuff. And this was new, and it was different, and it was exciting. And he was the only one in the church who knew how to do it. And he had a special job. And we all thought that this guy was the best, because he was the only one in the church who knew how to do it. And I also remember when I was a little girl, there was someone whose job it was this was a pretty cool job, to give all the kids the cookies after church. That's a pretty good job, too. Can you imagine someone whose job that is, right? This is a pretty good job, too. Can you think of anyone who has a special job in your life or here at the church? Think of anyone who has special jobs. Hmm. Anyone who, what do you think? Anyone who has special jobs either at the church or outside the church who has a pretty special job? Let me think. I know some other special jobs. I knew when I was growing up in the church, there were some really special men who sang on the choir, and I thought that they did a really great job. 
because some of them had really big voices. And they could fill a room, and I couldn't do it. I thought that was a really great job. The men of the church showed me something that I couldn't imagine, how it was to be a disciple. And I looked up to them. Today, as we have Father's Day, we look to the men of the church and we say, I got something special here. It says, you are raising the bar. I'll give you a hint what's on the back. Maybe some of the kids can help me. Can you see what it is? What is it? It's a candy bar. (laughs) You are raising the bar for us, reminding us what faith is like, showing us what it looks like to be a disciple. It doesn't look like one thing. It looks like a bunch of different things. Maybe it looks like the guy I just talked about in my home church who was one of the first people to do computers. Maybe it looks like the guy in my church who handed out cookies to the kids, which was really a great job. Maybe it looks like the one whose voice was so large it filled the whole church. It looks like a lot of different things. None of these people was my father, and all of them showed us how to be a disciple. Today, as we give thanks, we give thanks for all of the men of the church who show us how to be disciples. So here, I have some thank yous for all of the men of the church who raise the bar on what it looks like to be a disciple. I'm going to invite you later to come up and get them. Will you pray with me as we give thanks to God? Dear God, we thank you For the men of the church who raised the bar on being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning's praise song is really not a typical praise song. It's really what I call a Sunday school song because I grew up with this in my church. Um, it's also, I didn't realize this until recently, it's an African-American spiritual. So in honor of Juneteenth Day, this is a great song to sing. It's also a good song for grown-ups because it's fun and for kids alike. And you guys might recognize this is called Do Lord. I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Look away beyond the blue. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Look away beyond the blue. Lots of cows. 
too. I took Jesus as my Savior, you take him too. I took Jesus as my Savior, you take him too. Look away beyond the blue. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Look away beyond the blue. person got an additional hour of sleep. Did y'all know this? Got one additional hour of sleep than they do now. So in the 1940s, the average person clocked 7.8 hours of sleep. Today, we are lucky if we get 6.8 hours of sleep. I don't know about you, but there are times I am just tired. And few, statistically, I won't ask y'all today, but uh, report restful sleep. Wonder what this has to do with us? There's an old story about a phone call between an Anglican vicar and a parishioner. And the parishioner calls up the vicar, that's like a pastor, and he's very angry on a Monday morning. Pastor, I tried to get you on Friday, but you weren't there. Well, it was my day off, he said. Day off? <laughs> the parishioner gets a little bit smoky under the collar, a little upset. The devil never gets a day off. Well, the vicar rejoined, if I don't get a day off, I'm going to be just like him. There's so much to do, friends, in the church and in the community, in our families and in the world. We're in danger of burning out if we try to do it all on our own strength. Professor and theologian Walter Brueggemann has this wisdom. Sabbath observance invites us to stop. Invites us to rest. Invites us to notice that while we rest, the world continues. The world continues without our help. Hard words. I'll speak for myself. Hard words. <laughs> for us sometimes to hear. Although I admit, 
The Sunday afternoon nap is often calling. This week is full of celebrations. Today, we celebrate thanks to God for the men of our congregation, the ones who have raised the bar and give us a solid foundation. On this third Sunday in June, we are reminded of those who have shown us the way of faith and life. In 1907, there was a tragic mine explosion in West Virginia, killed over 360. The following year, the men who were killed at the Fairmont Coal Company were memorialized on a Sunday service. And two years later, Sandra Smart Dodd began a letter-writing campaign. She wanted to honor fathers nationwide. It was her father, who Henry Jackson Smart, who was a veteran, and he was a widower. His wife had died during the birth of the sixth child, and he'd been raising up these kids in a way she was so proud of. And she thought his courage and his devotion, his love and his commitment ought to be honored, and others as well. 1916 was the first day of national observance, but it was 1972, in some of our lifetimes, <laughs> that it became a permanent observance on the third Sunday in June. It's not the only holiday that we're celebrating this week. Today's also Juneteenth, Emancipation Day, Freedom Day. While the Emancipation Proclamation ended enslavement with President Lincoln's pronouncement in 1863, some of you will remember your history here, this only applied to the Confederacy and depended on the presence of Union troops. It was June 19, 1865, when the Union troops reached Galveston, Texas, the southernmost outpoint of the enslaving territory. And last year, just last year, did this become a federal holiday. When I was down in DC on Friday, hot topic on the train ride. <laughs> Tying together past with the future, gratitude with hope, praise and rejoicing. The thing everyone wanted to talk about when I was on the train ride on Friday. And lastly, this week in the calendar, we are starting summer. You'd never know it this morning. <laughs> but it is coming our way. <laughs> and there is Midsummer's Eve. As summer begins on the 21st, there is a long tradition in the church of something called Midsummer's Eve, the birthday of John the Baptist. Remember him? The prophet? And in the tradition, John the Baptist, the one known for living in the wilderness, preaching the gospel, eating locusts and wild honey, is the patron of bees. And during this time when bees overflow their hives with honey, when the full moon for midsummers is to appear, it's called the honey moon. You ever wonder 
why it is that a lot of uh, weddings take place in June and they go on a honeymoon. Let me put the pieces together here. <laughs> There's the honeymoon in June. All of these holidays and celebrations in the month of June are wonderful, but it's no wonder we find ourselves on this day with a scripture about rest and renewal. There's a story that's told about a dog. A woman's recently moved into a village and she's in the backyard hanging out her wash on the line. And there's a tired old dog who's come in the backyard and she can tell from his collar and his well-fed belly that he has a home. As she walks into the house, the dog continues with her, sits down under the kitchen table, this dog does, just kind of walks right in, and falls right asleep. An hour later, the dog wakes up, goes to the door, and she lets him out. The next day, the dog is back. Same position. Sleeps for an hour, and this continues for several weeks. She's a little curious about this routine that they've picked up together, and so she pins a note to his collar. It says this, Every afternoon, your dog comes to my house for a nap. So the next day, the dog arrives with some correspondence to his collar, and it says this, he lives in a home with six children. He's trying to catch up on his sleep. <laughs> Friends, everything can be improved with a nap. Our perspective, our patience, our opinions, all things, maybe this dog has little wisdom, can be improved with a nap. You see, the prophet Elijah was at wit's end. He was running for his life, what Diane read for us. Queen Jezebel had put a hit out on his life, and he'd shown her up, embarrassed her in front of all of the prophets and the magicians, shown everyone what God was capable of. Can you imagine how she felt? She was ready to have his head on a platter. And so Elijah is a prophet. On the run, he goes deep into the wilderness. And initially, we hear he takes a servant with him. But after a while, he realizes this is the kind of thing he has to do by himself. He determines he's just going to go to the broom tree, sit down, and that's it. Now, admittedly, Elijah can be a little dramatic. <laughs> Maybe he needs to learn the wisdom here. You ever hear the acronym HALT? When life is challenging, just HALT. Take stock of the world around you. Are you H, hungry? Do you need something to eat? Are you A, angry? Do you need something to manage why you're upset? Are you L, lonely? Are you feeling disconnected from others? 
Are you tea tired? Do you need more sleep or a nap? But the angel of the Lord comes to Elijah with food and makes him eat. And Elijah sleeps some more. It seems that at least he was hungry and tired. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him again, makes him eat and sleep a second time. And then he goes to the mountain. Spending the night camped on the mountain, he bunks down when he hears God say, what are you doing? He explains, I I did what I thought I was supposed to do as a prophet, and they're out to get me. He thought he might get accolades. (laughs) He thought he might get prophet of the year or senior prophet for the area or prophet most improved something. He's done a pretty good job. No. In fact, the voice of the Lord says, Go. Listen. There's more work to do. Go listen for the voice of the Lord. When you're good at doing something, you tend to be given more to do. Is there no rest for the weary? Are we still talking about Elijah here? So Elijah went, and he listened for the voice of God. Now he'd heard the voice before in the loud and the spectacular, and that's what he thought God would show up in. In the wind, and in the flame, and in the earthquake. Because that's where he heard God before. He had no reason to believe. It would be different. Elijah stood and listened to the wind, but God was not there. Yes, it split the rocks, but it wasn't the presence of God. Elijah stood and observed the earthquake, but the Lord was not there. Yes, there was power, but it wasn't the presence of the Lord And Elijah stood and observed the fire, but the Lord was not there. Yes, there was heat and there was destruction, but it wasn't the presence of the Lord. Was God even going to show up? All the places that Elijah had known, where God had shown up before, he was coming up empty. And then... There was awkward silence. You and I have been there before. (laughs) Nothing. This was the moment when Elijah wrapped his face and stood at the entrance to the cave. Then and only then, Elijah, who just performed a miracle, stretching out his hand three times on a dead child, bringing him back to life, Elijah, who'd beat out 450 prophets of Baal, calling down God's presence, burning up a whole altar. That was a spectacle. There was where he heard God's voice. You know, God shows up in new ways. God often surprises God's people. It was after Elijah ate 
and Elijah rested. <laughs> that after Elijah worked through his fears about death threats and communed with the very presence of God, only then could he be sent to do the will of God. You see, God did a new thing. So today, friends, I want to invite you to a Sunday afternoon nap, to rest, to know Sabbath, to remember the world will indeed run without you. And then be surprised. God may just show up. For the prophet Elijah, this was transformational. Men of the church, women of the church, all you, all of the church, we are called to find renewal in rest. And then listen. Listen for the word of God. This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.